Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another off-season episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us for this pre-Super Bowl episode podcast where we are going to discuss... Uh, the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl odds, Super Bowl uh, betting. Uh, betting is legalized in New York State, which is crazy. This is the first Super Bowl it's been like that. We're going to discuss that. We're going to discuss some cool uh, prop bets. We're going to discuss just betting in general. There are going to be some people that are have uh, have never placed a bet in their lives that might be interested in it after our discussion. So we're going to break down the basics for you. Um, also going to talk bills, obviously. Uh, and uh, and some other items, but I'd like to welcome on uh, one of my favorite guests to have on the podcast. Uh, something that uh, a person that I had on before we were part of Buffalo Rumblings, who's crushed it ever since then. And people have been asking me why is Neon more, and people have searched for old podcasts that are very hard to find of you in them. And uh, and this is my good friend, my my betting. Uh, what would you call a uh, subject matter expert per se? Uh, Zach, Zach, uh, Zach Sheets, Zach, welcome, welcome back to the the podcast, man. It's it's been uh, it's been a year since the the forty niners uh, the forty niners uh, Bills preview podcast that we did last year. Yeah, absolutely. Nate. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and it's crazy because uh, I don't know if we really should take advice from you because you got that game prediction wrong. You said the 49ers were going to win. Completely, 100%. (laughs) Sometimes things just go that way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes it'd be like that. So um, so, uh, what's funny is one of my favorite memories of – us podcasting together was uh, was obviously before Rumblings. Uh, we were a part of that network, and it was just like us doing our own independent thing. And in the off season, I usually give John and Mike, my co-host, during the season, like the time off, and I usually go at it. and uh, And it was our first pre-draft podcast, and I had you at my house for I think like five or six hours at night. It might have even been on a work night. I think it was on a work I, night. I think I think it was on a Thursday night, if I remember right. Thursday night. We talked about um, quarterbacks specifically before that draft because it was such a big draft. I mean, we talked about – It was the Josh um, Allen draft. The Josh Allen draft. We talked about Rosen, Jet, Lamar Jackson. We talked about Sam Darnold. We talked about Baker Mayfield. We talked about Josh Allen. And I think we even maybe even did one or two more – other quarterbacks because we knew the bills were going to take a quarterback. Yeah. So we talked about all the major guys. And then the second podcast was like, okay, what about middle linebacker? You know, we went over Tremaine Edmonds. You, you already, you talked up Tremaine Edmonds. Um, we talked about that. And then the third podcast, which is something I just released this last year, which is one of my favorite non-specific bills podcasts was the, uh, the draft day, Kevin Costner movie review that we did like Six years after it even came out, or five yeah. years after it came out, four years after, like it had been out for a long time. We did their review of it, and that was that was one of the most uh, fun podcasts we've ever had. Yeah, that was a long night. We had a lot. We had a lot of topics. Didn't it go by quickly though? Like it, it went by. It did. It went by quickly. I mean, it went by quickly for me because you did most of the talking. Yeah, like we, I, so we, we flew by. We started at seven and we blinked. It was like one thirty in the morning. Yeah, I know. And then luckily you had to drive an hour away. So, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> um, but no, dude, it's so good to have you on again. Um, never forget your roots, man. Absolutely. Never forget your roots. <laughs> forget where you came from. Yeah, any, so Zach, anytime, anytime you want me to be on, I'll be on. 
Thank you. So Zach is not only like one of, uh, he, he, he's one of those friends that you have that just knows everything about sports. And actually, you're the only friend I have that's like that. You know everything there is about like you're a 49ers fan, so you're not even a Bills fan, but you know a lot about the Buffalo Bills. You know a lot about the NFL in general. You know a lot about um, all these other stupid sports that don't matter, like uh, <laughs> Premier League soccer. Like, you know a lot about that. <laughs> so um, so this is going to be a fun topic. Uh, I'm going to start off first and foremost with uh, this is a Buffalo Bills podcast. I want to talk about the Bills Chiefs loss a few weeks ago. And I want to get your thoughts on that from an outsider. And, um, you know, it's funny. I did a, uh, a Twitter spaces after, and, uh, you were one of the people that requested the mic and I was so psyched to have you on for that Twitter space. And, uh, for some reason I like blocked you or something by mistake <laughs> instead of, instead of like, Oh, you know, every other person I've absolutely let on no issue, but you, the one person I definitely wanted to have on for sure. I, I like blocked you, but, um, wanted to get your thoughts on that. Uh, it was a crazy game, obviously bills lost in overtime. Um, as if you're if you're looking from an outsider standpoint, um, I mean, how do you look at that loss? And are you optimistic about it? Or are you just like, man, they should be playing in the Super Bowl right now? Um, I would say taking a step back as an outsider, not obviously a Bills fan, but kind of a Bills fan because my dad and brother are both huge Bills fans who were actually in Arrowhead. They flew out to the game, so they were there. Um that was one of the best playoff games, most exciting playoff games I've ever watched. And I've probably watched every NFL playoff game at least once for the last 30 years. Easy. And that game, it made me see Josh Allen. I know Josh Allen's been good. I know that Josh Allen has has put up numbers. He's shown development from where from when he was drafted till now, obviously. Um Watching him play and go head-to-head with Patrick Mahomes and duel the way that he did, he's a superstar. He's an absolute stud. So I guess if 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 I could speak as a Bills fan and I could take a step back from the freaking heart-wrenching loss that that was, you have a true top four, three quarterback in the NFL, depending on the week. And – He's going to be able to carry you in most games. So long term, that's that's huge, and I, I think that you guys are going to be right up there for the next ten plus years because of it. So that single loss, gut wrenching, absolutely brutal, um, inexcusable. I would say, um, especially coaching wise, at the end of the game there. Um, but yeah, I think that the future is unquestionably bright for the bills. So I'm, we're starting a lot of off season discussion on the podcast and I'm like sending stuff to my co-host, John and Mike, I'm setting out like the schedule and the template of how I want the off season to go into free agency and into the draft. And obviously addressing needs is one thing. Um, and when you look at free agency, you know, when you have a quarterback and Josh Allen's not making a ton this next year, more than, I think he was making $9 million last year. He's going to be making $16 million this next upcoming season. And then after that, it goes up to like $40 million. Yeah, like so it they, ba- they backloaded right? his deal pretty good, if I remember right. Yeah, I mean, this is technically like that fifth-year option yep. deal, right? Like, yeah, you're right. So so they could, have ex- they could have moved it ahead, but instead they – you're right, they backloaded it. And, and so, like, I go back and forth on this. My first thought is the Bills are screwed in a year because they'll have no cap space. Like, forget all of, like – Forget this top-rated defense that they have um, that was ranked number one in a lot of different metrics going into the playoffs. Like, forget about that. Like, that's gone. Like, remember the Legion of Boom, Boom after Russell Wilson got his contract? Like, there was, it didn't exist. Yeah, yeah Nate, I remember the Legion of Boom. <laughs> I as recall, a Niners fan. I recall that as a Niners fan. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I also, yeah. also want to say um, – We'll see how much the cap changes. I think the cap after after this next season is supposed to explode based on everything that I've read. So we'll see what that number goes to. And um, so we'll see how actually screwed the Bills are in the mm-hmm. future, de- depending on what that number ends up being. 
I mean, but no matter what, like they'll still be behind teams that aren't paying 40, 40 to $45 million yeah. to their quarterback. Like it's just, it's just the way it is. Even if it goes up astronomically or whatever, like they're still in that same boat yep. relative to other teams, it'll be tougher for them. So, but in, in discussing it with you just now, like the defense let them down in the Kansas City Chiefs game, the coaching let them down in the Kansas City Chiefs game. The one person, the one specific side of the ball was the offense and specifically Josh Allen didn't let the Bills down that game. So I guess, I guess maybe I think about that, that worry that I have that the Bills aren't going to be able to uh, rebuild that defense or keep that defense together. Does it even matter? Because the defense didn't do sh- anything in this in that entire Kansas City Chiefs game. This like number, I mean, could it have been worse? Maybe. Um, but I mean, it could have been a hell of a lot better. So like, are we really worried that like, you know, just keep like my, my mantra probably from now till the end of time, specifically this offseason is going to be built around Josh. If you're not getting him weapons to pass to, you're getting a lineman to block for him. And as long as you, it doesn't have to be the entire draft or the all of free agency, but that needs to be a focus. Like that has to be a continual upgrade. You need to not only have guys that can do that this season, but you have to have draft picks in the wings waiting to take over for those free agents or whoever yep. that season after in the season. Like that's, that's how you build a dynasty because you can't rely on the defense because it lets you down. It won't, if, if, if Tredavious, of course, if Tredavious White isn't injured, like that might be a de- different outcome, for but sure. you know, does that make sense? Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, the way that teams are trying to structure everything now is they want a cheap quarterback for five years, and then that's their, quote, Super Bowl window, where they can build around build the roster around this cheap quarterback, and then hopefully the quarterback by year three, four, five has them in a position to compete to win a Super Bowl. Um, obviously, once you pay that quarterback, then there's going to be some other positions that suffer. But if you're going to decide to pay the quarterback like Josh Allen, he's going to be good enough and you're going to make the decision and you're going to make the decision that you deem him capable enough to carry you to wins. So your defense doesn't have to be as stellar because you can put, you can put the football in Josh Allen's hands and he's going to win you on his own just because he's such a special player. X number of games a year. Um, now, obviously, it's a little different when you go up against another quarterback like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense, which is a juggernaut in their own right. So you're going to be able to beat a majority of the teams with just Josh Allen's talent and that offense doing what it did in that game. But there's some teams that you're going to have to have your defense and your special teams step up and make some plays and not kill you. And Unfortunately, at the end of that game, which was – I still can't believe it, man. That was what, like 24 points scored in the last two two minutes and change? It was yeah. unreal. But yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, the end of that game still makes me shake my head because I'm just – they had it. They had they it. Had and it. Uh, it's – I, 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 I think the coaches really, like, blacked out. That, la- that last touchdown, I think after Josh threw the last touchdown with – 13 seconds left, the coaches just stopped thinking and they thought that they had it locked up. And it just, every decision from them from there on out just made no sense. Yeah. Yeah. Coaching. I mean, it was almost like they did everything they could to lose that game. I mean, you couldn't lose a game quicker than that. No. Like you couldn't, even if you tried, it was just, yeah. Anyway, but you know, I think a lot of things, something that doesn't get talked about enough and you would know this, like being a Niners fan, is that you know something to in order to even get to the Super Bowl, like besides being really good team, which all the teams in the playoffs are good, are really good. Um, you have to have a little bit of luck, also. Yep. And you look at the Bengals, like the Bengals are a perfect example of that. Like they're a good team, don't get me wrong, but they've had a lot of things go their way, a lot of bounces that normally don't go their way that just did. And it just like worked on their favor. Like we'll talk about this later. Is this team of destiny or is this just, you know, is there a luck about to run out, <laughs> you know, yeah. but um, things, things have to go that way. And the bills did not have, I mean, they had the luck, you know, on the offensive side of the ball to, to do what they did. But yeah, like you said, the, the coaching went, went, uh, yeah, went dark, went, yeah. 
and what what is it when you go into uh, amnesia? They went amnesia or whatever. Like the 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 squib kick didn't happen right away. McDermott's um, going to have a lot of stuff to think about all off season. That's going to be tough for him. But I mean, you just have to, I guess, learn from it and not have that happen again. So let's talk about since you're a 49ers fan, the 49ers were in the NFC Championship game. Yep. Um, like I mean, you you know seeing seeing the Niners lose in a couple of NFC championship games, seeing them lose in the Super Bowl. You've also seen them win in the Super Bowl, so I can't I not say that. Of course, you, you you were younger, of course. but Yeah, that was um, a long time ago. <laughs> but, yes, I have. I've seen them lose two Super Bowls. I've seen them lose three NFC championship games in the last, uh, call 10 it, years. 10 to 15 years. It's been not fun. It is. It is hard to win a Super Bowl. Yep. Right. Like, I mean, people don't, I think people take that for granted. It's like, Oh, like I was just watching the four falls of Buffalo documentary, right? Like people, it's hard to go to a Super Bowl and it's hard to win it. You could be the best team and you just, you know, it just doesn't go right that one day, that one night, yeah. that one three hour period. It's, but, re- it's really tough to just hear like, well, they'll, they'll get them next year. Well, they might not look at Aaron Rodgers, man. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is a prime thing. He, he won. He won a Super Bowl when he was young, and everybody was like, "How many is it going to be? Is he going? Is he going to catch Brady? All this stuff." Well, he didn't ever get back to another one. So that's insane. That's insane to say out loud. Yeah, well, like it's, how? It's good- also because he goes to the playoffs and then runs into the Niners, and he's zero four in the playoffs. But I digress. <laughs> well, let's talk about the Niners. So sure. going into the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I was watching, so I didn't watch that game as closely as I was watching um, the Chiefs Bengals game. Yep. Uh, how close were the Niners to winning that one? Well, they they blew another double digit lead in the fourth quarter in the playoffs, so pretty close, I would say. They had to make a couple plays again, and they didn't make them in the fourth quarter again. Like there was a Stafford threw that one pick right to the safety, I mean, and just he just dropped it. We'll talk about this later, but Matt Stafford. He's going to give you one. It's just a matter of if you can make the play or not. And it's going to be the same in the Super Bowl, too. The ben- the Bengals will have an opportunity to make a play on a Matt Stafford pass. And he is he is very good. But at some points, he, try- he almost tries to give you the ball. And that arm punt that Jaquaski Tart dropped is going to haunt me for my the rest of my life. There's that arm play- punt. There's certain plays that... I mean, dude, he tracked the ball in the air for 20 yards. He 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 just I don't even understand how he dropped that. I just It's he had too much time to think yeah, about it. That's what it was. I mean, there was no Ram receiver even around him. It wasn't even oh. It's going to be in my mind along with the Garoppolo overthrow in the Chiefs Super Bowl, the Kyle Williams fumbled punt, the Crabtree fade in the end zone. I can go through all of these plays from all these NFC championships and Super Bowl losses. And they're all one score games. They're all close games. And you either make the play or you don't. And seems like the Niners just aren't making the plays lately. Does that get better with is Garoppolo going to be the quarterback next year? Of the Niners? Yeah. No. No. Is it going to get better with Trey Lance as a quarterback? Or are you going to have to take a few I think we're years have, on the chin? Yeah, I don't know if we're going to take it, take a few years on the chin just because I think having Kyle Shanahan is going to be a massive aid to him because he's going to just design an offensive package to not put too much on his plate too soon and to be able to put put him in positions to, to succeed. Um mm-hmm. I think having a lot of the skill position guys that we have is going to be a huge help too. And obviously kind of unlike the bills, the Niners offense starts and goes because of the run game. And that is, I mean, he's going to be able to help the run game obviously with his athleticism and his um, ability to, to run, but also that's going to help our running backs so much and we'll see what happens. I don't think that, I don't think that, they will take a huge step back, but I think that there will be some growing pains just as he gets in there and plays a little bit. I mean, Kyle Shanahan has gotten has made Nick Mullins look almost like a Pro Bowl quarterback at times. So I guess I wouldn't be too worried yeah, about that. And obviously, yeah, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about us offensively too much, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we'll see. I think that having Trey having an entire offseason, knowing he's the guy, 
and preparing like he's the guy is going to be a, a huge help. I know that he's going to South. He's spending the offseason in Southern California and uh, throwing every day with Brandon Ayuk, which is going to be great for them chemistry-wise. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Obviously, we don't have a first-round pick in the draft this year or next year, but they have nine picks other than the first-round pick. So they're going to have some opportunities to improve the roster. So I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's get right into the Super Bowl uh, we're going to the Super Bowl odds. We're going to go over some gambling basics. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. Nope. Five to one. Nope. Ten to one. You're on. Uh, I mean, just, just so people know, I, I don't even know how much we're going to go into each and every term, but I'm sure some of them will, will mention separately. So, like, let's say, so the Bills, or I'm sorry, the Bills, <laughs> the Rams, Bengals. By the way, I, I kind of wanted the 49ers to win solely so that the Bengals and 49ers could have another Super Bowl rematch because that was the first yeah, Super Bowl been, I saw as a kid. Would have been the third one. That would have been nice. Would have been the third I, one. I, I, I'll tell you what, I wanted it too, Nate. I really did. <laughs> oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Just for the uh, just for the nostalgia, really. <laughs> you know, I, no. I I watched I watched uh, that was the first Super Bowl I saw. I saw it on VHS because like my my parents taped it, and I remember watching that as a kid before I was really even to even into the Bills. And like as a kid, and be like watching it, and be like, that was the first Super Bowl I watched. It wasn't in, you know, prime time because I was like seven or six or whatever, so I didn't see it like that night. But I remember watching it the next. Oh, what's this Super Bowl uh, uh, twenty four or whatever? Oh, this is interesting. What's this? Uh, so, uh, but anyway, um, it was a good game. If you haven't seen it in a while, <laughs> um, <laughs> the as of as of right now. Now I, I checked this before we recorded. The Rams are minus four against the Bengals. Now, yep. just to give like some quick gambling updates. Whenever a team is minus four, it means that they're a favorite. Correct. Correct. So if a team is so so obviously the four or the uh, the Bengals are a plus four, which means they're the underdog, which is kind of weird. You would think it'd be the other way a little bit, but sure. it's not. No, it's, it's not. not. It's not. You've been doing it long enough, okay? You've been you were gambling in your teenage years, okay? So you know this. Yep. For for people like me that you know just yep. started getting into it the last little while, yeah. Um, money line bet. Money line bet. So so the thing about the odds is it makes it an even playing field. So you almost get a one-to-one bet usually, r- roughly a one-to-one bet. So if you bet 10 bucks on the Rams going over four points, then you roughly get, I mean, just say around 10 bucks back. Around, the, yeah, roughly. there's there's the juice that's attributed to that too, and that's how the sports books make their money, but... Yeah, which is which is BS, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 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 that's like that. That's kind of like a little bit advanced. Like I understand it now, but it took me a little bit to understand because there's like a minus one hundred or a plus one hundred, or it's never m- minus or plus one hundred. It's like plus one twenty, minus one thirty. Like that's the juice. Because what'll happen is rather than change the spread throughout the week, Vegas will just juice it so that you don't make as much on that bet. Correct? Yeah, until it gets to a certain point, and then they move the line. Um, yeah, there's, so there's three, call them very simple types of bets on a single game. There is a spread bet, which you talked about. That's the Rams favored by four Rams minus four or Bengals as the underdog Bengals plus four. There's the money line bets, which are just for a team to win. It doesn't matter if they win by one or a hundred just that they win. And those odds right now, currently on DraftKings Sportsbook, are the Rams are minus 190, so they're the favorite, and the Bengals are plus 160. So that means if you bet $100 on the Bengals, you would win $160 back. And if you bet $100 on the Rams, you would make roughly 100 and or you would make like 30, 30 bucks, 33 bucks, something like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're they're favored, and obviously you would make more money if you bet the underdog and that comes through. And then their thir- the third type of bet is an over-under bet, and that is the total points for the entire game, no matter who scores. And right now I think that that is sitting at 48.5 is what is currently showing on DraftKings Sportsbook. 
So, and you could either bet over if you think that the game is going to be high scoring and go over the 40 and a half. So you would obviously need 49 total points to win your bet, or you could bet the under, and then obviously you don't want it to go over 48 and a half. So those are the three preliminary, simple type of bets that you, that you can make. And then obviously there's a lot of other things that you can do. Mm-hmm. And then, so like another thing, which we might get to is a parlay. Sure. So parlay is like multiple bets at once. Yeah. It's, it's like compounding. compounding. You basically combine as many bets as you would like into one bet. So you would say you would take three bets and you would say, okay, all three of these bets have singular odds, but I want to make them one bet and I have to win every single leg, they're called, of the three. So you have three legs in a parlay bet. You have to hit all three of those legs in order to win your bet. And obviously you get better odds for that, but it's also much more difficult to actually happen. So it's risk versus reward. Um, But yeah, so parlays, I usually do them. Um, Obviously I try and keep it reasonable. I don't try and go overboard. Like you see all these huge tickets that people have every weekend saying, oh, I hit a 10-leg parlay. I put $5 in and I won 30 grand. Well, you just got lucky. Like that never happens. It happens every week to someone, but it doesn't usually happen more than that. That's like that's like getting every single team right in the first round of the of March Madness. Like that is so hard to do. It's almost impossible. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really out there. And um, if you were gonna if you were gonna make a parlay bet, I would try and keep it two two legs, three legs, four legs at most, because. Um, other, anything more than that is so unlikely to happen that you're you're almost you're almost flushing your money down the toilet. And the the sports books love parlay bets. They love people to make ten eight leg parlay bets, ten leg parlay bets because ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time they're just going to take your money, and that's just how that's going to go. Mm-hmm. So they say absolutely take take your shot because that's just money for in their pockets. Yep. Yep. So like, and you may have said this earlier, but um, parlays are kind of like compounding things. So like if you have one that's like a $10 bet where you would win 10 bucks and another, it's a $10 bet, you win 10 bucks, you have them a parlay where they both need to hit. For example, if you bet one of the like Bengals or the Rams at plus four minus four, and then you also bet an over or under you, you did those both. Like it wouldn't just be like, Oh, I bet $10. I win $20. You win like 30 or 35 or something like that. It's, 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 it's added on top of it. It's like multiplied a little bit. Yeah. So if you take the Rams minus four right now and you parlay it with the over 48 and a half, your, your parlay your parlay odds are plus 264. So that means if you bet $100, you would win $264. So it just increases your odds, but both of those have to happen. So the Rams have to win by four or more, and you have to go, and the total game score has to be over 48, 48 and a half. I'm sorry. So 49 total points or more, or else you lose. Mm -hmm. So this is an odd Super Bowl. Because, and not that it not that it makes a difference, but I feel like in previous years, I would look at a at the at the beginning odds of a of a game and say, "Oh, well, I think you know the Patriots are are going to definitely cover that or whatever." Yep. And I, obviously, be wrong later, you know, as it goes on. But like this year, I feel like the numbers are just so close that I don't have a, a feeling. So like. So, like, we'll talk about, like, the game in general. So, the Rams being favored by four. If I think about it out loud, I'm like, okay, well, the Rams have more experience. They have the more experienced quarterback. Um, Sean McVay has actually been to a Super Bowl before. Um, Zach Taylor, did Zach Taylor go as an assistant for Sean McVay at the Rams, or was he not an assistant then? He might not have been. Yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure. But either way, it's, he's, it's his first time coaching a Super Bowl. Yeah. Zach Taylor. Um, yep. First time Joe Burrow's been to a Super Bowl. Um, but then I'm like, well, maybe they're the team of destiny. Maybe this is their chance to do it. So before we get into how you bet this game, because yep. I think I know how you bet this game, 
do you have that same issue or do you see that as like a, no, I think, I think I'm pretty clear of, of what I think is going to happen. So the way that I usually bet me personally is I look at a game and I think, how is this game going to play out? And I base all of my betting on that. So I either usually win a lot or lose everything. And there's not really any in between. So the game script the game script has to go the way that I think it's going to go in order for me and all the bets that I place to hit. Um, I looked at this game and I think I know how it's going to go in my head. Um, okay. Cause I've listened to like five different podcasts today and they like, yeah. I was like, Oh, Oh, I absolutely the over. And they're like, you can't go with the over. This is going to be a low scoring game. Like, like, Oh my God. Like I can't like okay. nobody, nobody has any idea. It feels like, but what, it, yeah. how do you, how do you think it's going to go? So my the the biggest bet that I've played so far is on a type of bet that we didn't talk about obviously in that intro. Um, I put in a teaser bet, which is which basically allows you to adjust lines for adjusted odds. So I took I did a seven point teaser like almost two weeks ago, right when the lines first came out, and I saw the lines. At a certain book that I won't name, not on DraftKings Sportsbook, um, opened at four and a half. So the Rams were favored by four and a half. And I teased the Bengals up to plus 11 and a half. And then I teased the over-under, which opened at 48 and a half, and it's still there. So that's pretty wild that that line didn't move anywhere in two weeks. Um, I teased that down. So I teased so, – so what I need to win is f- – for the Bengals, the Bengals can lose by 11 points or less or win outright. And I need the game to have 42 points or more to win my teaser. And that was my main play, and that is still my main play of this of this game so far. Um, obviously, there's going to be many more bets made as I look at the props and everything like that once I get into more research this weekend. But um, – as of now, that is my stance. I think that the game is going to be – it's going to be a one-score game, I think. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way, which is why I liked the Bengals plus 11.5. Um, I think that there's going to be scoring too. I, I think that both teams are going to be able to score. So that's why I like the over. Um, the over obviously tees down to uh, – so I need 42, 42 or more total points. I like that uh... – because I think it gives you some flexibility. So you obviously looked at that, the Rams being up plus four or plus four and a half or whatever, or minus four and a half, sorry. But the Rams being favored by four and a half. And you didn't like that line specifically, so you teased it. Yes. And you, um, and you teased both as a parlay, which means that you have to have both hit, but then you also get it. So it's almost like it's almost like having a one-to-one bet, though. You're you're definitely you're drastically increasing your odds of winning. Yeah, it's not exactly one-to-one. It's um, it's closer. Yeah, definitely, definitely closer for sure. But it's um, like it's like eight to ten or something like that, or seven to ten. Yeah, you get you get some wiggle room there. So um, like you bet a hundred bucks, you win like seventy-five. You need both things yeah. to happen, but both things are markedly more likely to happen. Correct. Because I. Um, I, I could absolutely see everything that scares you from this game of like, I like, I like the Rams, but I don't think, I think it's going to be a close game, but I, I think it's going to be higher scoring game, but there's always that worry. It'll be like a 49ers Rams game where it's like 2017 or something, you know, like, yeah, that I that's, mean, that's could definitely happen. Pretty much the only thing that scares me about this game is, the mismatch on the lines. Um, the the Bengals offensive line is not great. And the Rams defensive line is pretty good. I mean, they have some stars there. Aaron Donald's, I mean, apart from the fact that TJ Watt just won defensive player of the year, I still think that Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in the NFL. Um, he's just disruptive. And if you can't block him, then your whole offensive game plan is going to be, it's going to be a problem. Um, so I, that's the thing that scares me the most is if Burrow can't get enough time to see what he needs to see in the defense to, to deliver the ball accurately. Um, apart from that, I mean, 
I think it's a pretty close matchup. I, I don't really see – I'm trying to take bias out of it because obviously I'm a Niners fan. I We played the Rams twice this year. Well, no, three times. I'm sorry. Um, play them twice a year, every year. So I've seen Sean McVay do what he does. I've seen – I've seen Sean McVay get flustered. I mean, in that Niners game, I know you said that you didn't watch it as closely as you did the the Chiefs game, but the challenges that Sean McVay, the the plays that Sean McVay challenged, like they were JV high school decisions. I I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Like they, they weren't even close. So like I think when the game gets close, he gets kind of flustered, and I I also think that Joe Burrow is just an absolute stud. And he's never lost a big game in his life, and 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 nothing seems to phase him. And so we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I think that Joe Burrow is going to be the reason that the Bengals keep this game close. Obviously, um, but I I all I I think that the Rams are going to win a close one. Is is how I think this is going to actually go, and that hurts me to say. Mm. So, so you're so you're looking at that bet. Th- those are you teased both of those. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on live betting? Because uh, so so I can see so real quick I can see the game going the way that you said. I could see Sean. I can't see Sean McVay just absolutely blowing out the Bengals. I just can't see it happening because I think he would either. I think he's he coaches. Scared when it gets close, if that makes any sense. Yep. Um, and I don't think he would be like, I think he would rely on the run game too much if he was up, even though I'm sure he's probably more aggressive during the regular season. I mean, he's just, I mean, I guess I, I, I'm just going back to that Rams Patriots game where like he had Bill Belichick on the ropes. He just couldn't, just couldn't, you know, stomp him out. It was just, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, some, what do you so, coaches- some coaches just seem to not be able to close in the fourth quarter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we would know that. We would know what that's Jesus, like. Jesus, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what do you think about live betting? Because like you said, I can see the Rams winning. If the Rams get down by yep. a lot, like halfway through the game, like there was a point, remember that Rams, uh, uh, no, not that, the Falcons Patriots game. Where they yep. were down twenty eight to three. I yep. remember texting with my buddy, and we had no way of gambling at that point. He's just like, "Man, we got to find a way to gamble." I was like, "I wonder what the odds are." And I texted you that night because I knew that you know you go to your cousin Vinny or whoever it is, you know your book <laughs> your bookmaker. Um, yeah, I got a guy at the laundromat, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and you gave me the odds, and it was like eighteen to one or something like that. Yeah, it was like astronomical. And I was like, man, you just put a $20 bet in. You win 400 if they win. And sure enough, they came back and won. And, like, there could be a situation like this where, you know, the Rams might be blowing blowing out the Bengals by halftime. And I'd be like, this is going to end close no matter what. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, so I don't know. What, what, do you, what are your thoughts on live game betting? Have you done it? Do you do it? Do you like doing it? Have I done it? Yes. Do I like doing it? Yes. Um, I would not recommend someone who is just – getting into gambling to start live betting. I think that you have to weigh it's, it's all about risk reward at that point. I mean, you obviously, if you're going to live bet, I wouldn't put in a pregame bet. I would just say, I'm just going to live bet this. You get into the game, you see how the game flows going and, and you make your bets from there. Um, an experience, a more experienced better can, Weigh the risk, weigh weigh the uh, weigh the reward, and know how much money they're betting and what their potential return is if the game script is going exactly the opposite way that they bet originally. Because it could get to a point if you just continuously live bet a game and your side doesn't come out where you end up losing a ton of money without even thinking about it. So that that's I would recommend it for people who know what they're doing, I guess. And, and and if and if you're a beginner, kind of if you're a beginner, the Super Bowl really isn't the game for you to just like dive in and 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 go at it because there are so many ways to bet this game, man. There's props on every single thing that you could possibly bet on. It is nuts. It's like over under of 
the longest run, pass, catch oh, yeah. of like each player. You know who's going to be the first to score a touchdown. Uh, you got you got color of Gatorade for the winning team. You got the coin toss, obviously the length of the national anthem, like the length of the halftime show, what songs are going to be played during the halftime show. You could literally bet on everything. So <laughs> if you want, if you're just getting into gambling and you want to have a little fun at your Super Bowl party, I would say bet with your friends instead of betting on a with a book. Yeah, especially yeah. the coin toss. Don't bet the coin toss with a book. No, <laughs> because you're play, you're just paying juice. That's all you're doing. Uh-huh. Like if so, you bet if you bet your buddy five bucks that it's going to be heads and it's tails, you pay him five dollars. Yeah. If you bet the sports book five dollars that it's going to be heads and it's tails, that you're paying five dollars to them, but you're only going to win four dollars and ninety cents as opposed to winning five bucks from your buddy. So that ten cents is the juice to the to the book. So definitely don't do coin toss bets with a sports book. Sports book. They always gotta wet their beak, don't they? Yes, they <laughs> no do. Probably <matter> <laughs> stay in business. I remember one time I think it was either last year or the year before. Like I was looking at all the ridiculous prop bets, and mind you, there were like the, like these gambling websites even before it was legal in New York. Other ones, I should say, uh, that will go un, unmentioned. Um, they would like you know do the like the, the presidential debates and like everything going oh, yeah. on. Like there was one for last year's Super Bowl, the year before. It was like the first Super Bowl commercial will have an interracial couple, and I was just like, "What? Like that's a weird prop to have." And it was like the odds were so high, like that that was going to happen. <laughs> like you know, it was like a, a minus four hundred, like meaning that like you would have to bet four hundred to win one hundred, and yep. it's just like that. And I don't think it even hit. Like I remember. Watching it like that didn't hit. It was such a weird, like there's so many things about it. So let's talk about like some real like prop bets, like ones that you think that you might actually go off of that you've either bet or you're looking at possibly betting on either like a specific player or something like that. So all these props, like you said, there's props for everything. Uh, Rushing attempts by player, rushing attempts in a game, passing attempts, longest reception, number of receptions, whatever you want to bet. There is a prop for it. And the way that I usually do this is I obviously pick a game flow that I think is going to happen. And that is how I I bet a game, which is why I either win a lot or lose everything. Um, So there's a couple props that I definitely like. Um, We'll start with the first one. Um, So the first prop that I'm betting that I'm going to bring up on here is um, the opening kickoff to not be a touchback. Um, 18 of the last 20 Super Bowls, the opening kickoff has not been a touchback. Um, I don't know if you want me to touch on any other podcasts that I listen to, but I was listening to another podcast. Paul McAfee? Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. And he came out with this stat, and obviously there's very few people in this world that have kicked off an opening kickoff in the Super Bowl. Pat McAfee is one of them. And he basically explained why this this happens. And it's because they take a football out of the box, straight out of the box, bring it out to the football field. There's no warm-up kicks with it. There's no massaging of the football to get a bigger sweet spot for the kicker. None of that. You literally put that ball on the tee, You kick it off to start the game. That ball immediately gets taken out of play and gets taken to Canton. Done. It's it's a commemorative football, right? So the sweet spot on the ball is super small. Now every other kick after that is going to be the team-issued kicking balls that they've been using all year, which have been worn in, kicked a million times. The sweet spot's bigger. The football inflation is exactly what the kicker's like. So there's a lot of things that play into – this bet. And then he and then Pat came out and said 18 of the last 20 Super Bowls have not been a touch touchback. That is obviously because of the ball on one hand. On the other hand, it's because how jacked up were you to be the kickoff returner in the Super Bowl? And you say, I'm gonna pull a Devin Hester and I'm about to run this back and start us off on the best foot possible. So they're like, Let's go, baby. Give me the ball. I'm gonna take it to the house. 
and not not a lot of them are going to catch that ball and be like, well, I'm just going to take a knee. We're going to get on the 25. <laughs> so there's another reason. Um, now I look at the two kickers. Obviously, McPherson for the Bengals has a monster leg. He is, by all accounts, a, a stud. I mean, he is 12 for 12 in the playoffs, hasn't missed a field goal yet, and has a monster leg. So you would think, hopefully, the Rams win the toss and they defer and Matt Gay has to kick off. Matt Gay obviously being the Rams kicker. Well, Matt Gay, a couple weeks ago, left a 47-yard field goal short. Got to wonder what's going on there as an NFL kicker. I mean, you want to push it wide? Fine. You can't leave it short. You can't do it. So I don't know if there, there's an injury there or he just mishit that ball. But, it I mean, I don't think that he's going to be the guy that's going to boot it out of the back of the end zone. That's for sure. With, with the ball that they're going to use. So I am strongly betting that first prop, for sure. Then I'm going to get into the game, and obviously I think that the Rams are going to get all kinds of pressure on Burrow. I think he's going to be scrambling around, moving in the pocket as needed. Um, one of my favorite bets in-game is uh, Joe Burrow over two-and-a-half rushing attempts in the game. Um, I think that he's going to be scrambling a lot, moving in the pocket, and then he's not going to have too much time, and he's going to just say, I'm going to get what I can get and take off. I bet you that happens, hopefully, more than more than twice. Hopefully it happens three times or more. But that's that's another prop that I really like. Um, a fun one. Real I- quick, real quick. I, I just want to interrupt because I've, I've heard yeah. – so saying that I've listened to multiple podcasts – uh, you mentioned Joe Burrow specifically running. One yes. thing they 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 all go all, all over the board. Even co-hosts within the same podcast don't agree with a lot. But one thing that they seem to have agreed on was this specific prop for Joe Burrow's longest run. And I think right now, hold on, I don't have it up. Uh, I mean, maybe you can take a look, or maybe you can find it quickly while I'm talking. But um, I think it was like nine and a half yards being the longest run for Joe Burrow. And the reason why that's significant is that he hasn't done that a whole lot during the season, but he did it like once last week against Kansas City, or maybe even twice. He had a couple of long runs because of how much pressure he was getting. He was able to get out of the pocket. So it's like a recency biasing as opposed to this is actually how Joe Burrow plays football. So I, I thought that that was an interesting one. That so the two and a two and a half rushes is an interesting one to take a look at. And then obviously along with uh yeah. the Joe Burrow uh longest rush. What so, is it what is that right now? Did you uh, see that? I, I, I didn't see it. I didn't find it. Um but along those same lines, I also have bet with the over two and a half rushes, I also have bet Joe Burrow over twelve and a half rushing yards. Oh, did you? Yeah. So those are the those are the two that I kind of correlated there. I didn't look at the longest rush, um, but I think that he's going to be he's going to be running for his life. I think a little bit here, and uh, he's not he's not a statue, so he can he has good pocket mobility, and then once he gets outside, he can run. And obviously, if you've seen him slide, it's not pretty, but gets the job done. Um, I heard, I heard as far as Joe Burrow goes, like he's a runner, but he's not a Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. Like his job is to get where he needs to and slide and then yeah. just be done with it is not like, cause those guys cause Patrick Mahomes and Allen, they'll take hits, uh, Allen more so than Mahomes, but, um, yep. like they'll, they'll do what they can. And just like as, as many extra yards as they possibly can, Joe Burrow's like, okay, got the first down. I'm done. Slide. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta get what I can get and not make a negative play. That's where he's at. Okay. Um, live live the fight another day, but I think he's going to be running a fair amount out of necessity more than obviously design calls. Um, I have a fun one here that I kind of like, and it's solely because this game is the Super Bowl. Um, I have bet over two and a half players to attempt a pass in the game. Obviously, you have both quarterbacks. Um, the Rams have. Ran fake punts with Johnny Hecker before where he's thrown. Odell Beckham Jr. can throw the ball. That's been known to happen. Um, Trent Taylor, the receiver for the Bengals, 
has an arm. He used to play in San Francisco. I've seen that happen. Um, but yeah, there's a. I think it's a fun one. I think that there's going to be a lot. There won't be a lot of trick plays, but I think that this is the Super Bowl, man. They're pulling out everything out of the playbook to try and get a win. So that's just a fun one. I think that, I mean, obviously you hope that the trick play isn't a flea flicker because then it just goes back to the quarterback and the quarterback <laughs> throws the ball. But we'll see what happens. I don't know. But that that's one of the ones where I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna put a little sprinkle on this just to see what happens. <laughs> that's a good one. That's yep. a fun one. I like that one. So is that your fun, your fun prop one that you were telling me about before the podcast that you were waiting to uh, discuss? Um, yeah. yeah or was there another was, one uh, like the anthem or anything like that? I am. I'm gonna bet the anthem. I bet the anthem every year. Um, it's it is what it is. I don't know. I I don't put too much money on that. Obviously, I think that uh, the pregame stuff, the halftime stuff. The post game Gatorade color stuff like that. It's fun to put a little sprinkle on it here or there, but I'm betting mostly on game flow and how I see the game going. Um, Are you betting an MVP at all? I haven't really looked into that yet. Um, I think based on a lot of the stuff that I've read this week, Aaron Donald's a super like Aaron Donald, Von Miller, the defensive linemen for the Rams have pretty decent odds. And if this is anything like the last Von Miller Super Bowl where he won MVP because he had a couple strip sacks and a touchdown and I mean you you could see you could see the game going that way based on the mismatch on the lines. So, I have to obviously look into a lot more stuff this weekend. Um we're recording on Friday night, so I have another day day plus to get to get after it. But um as of now I haven't placed a, an MVP bet yet. So this is this is where I'm thinking. My line of thinking is sure. is I I don't think it'll be a defensive player for the Rams, and that's only because that that rarely ever happens. Like how often yeah. is a defensive, especially defensive lineman, like yep, usually have to create not that often. Um, but if it, if it is that way, it's because you have like a noodle arm quarterback like Peyton Manning at 37 or 38 or whatever that that was he was he was done. He was cooked. Like yep. he was not going to win them that game. So it was either going to be a running back or it was going to be a, you know, defensive lineman or whoever affected sure. the game that much. Matt Stafford, no matter what, will have a decent game, decent enough game that it'll be, uh, it'll be in consideration more so than maybe an Aaron Donald. It's Aaron Donald just completely takes over a game. But, oh, yeah. but I think that another thing that, that would happen, even if Matt Stafford doesn't have a good game, like one receiver could have an amazing game, like a Cooper Cup, right? So yeah. like I, I I like I like Cooper Cup's odds obviously more than Aaron Donald's odds. I'm sure that the odds show that, but like oh, I yeah, might I even put, it, put him at put him put him at the same as like a Matthew Stafford. Because if Matthew Stafford has like a two hundred and forty yard game and two touchdowns win interception, like that's an okay stat line. Cooper Cup has over hundred and ten yards, which is I think he's around hundred and five yards over and under. Like if he gets 110 yards and a touchdown, he's going to win MVP over Matt Stafford, don't you think? Unless Stafford puts up like three touchdowns and 300 yards, yeah, I, I think Cooper Cup wins it. I think if the Rams win, I, I think Cooper I, Cup wins it. I think that if the Rams win, Matt Stafford's going to win it. Think so? Yeah, I do. I think that even if Cooper Cup has over 100 have, yards, that's like not even a rare occurrence, though. That's the thing. Like that's that's not even an exceptional game for Cup this year. I think he's averaging like 112 yards a game in the postseason. And then obviously everybody just saw, I mean, he won off offensive player of the year at the awards the other night. So he had just a prolific season and the connection with Stafford is crazy. How, how in sync they are. Um, I just think that this, as much as it feels like the Bengals are a team of destiny based on everything that's happened, obviously the bills losing the chiefs losing like, all the big hitters in the AFC have dropped out. I think that Matt Stafford is like getting traded to the Rams and the Super Bowl being in LA and then winning the first playoff game of his career this year and this run to the Super Bowl. It's like this is almost like the culmination of Matt Stafford's career. And like if he tops this off and wins this Super Bowl at the home stadium of the Rams and he has a decent game meaning he doesn't 
throw num- like numerous interceptions or anything like that. I just, I just think it's I think it's gonna it's gonna be his MVP. I, I really do. Um, obviously, as a Niners fan, I hope that that doesn't happen, but we'll see. Um, I like Joey Burrow a lot. I hope that he goes out and just shreds them. But yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, um, you know, obviously, thank you for for coming on and talking to us. You you tweet about sports nonstop all the time. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter, Zach? Um, my Twitter is at calax12, and just for everybody out there who may or may not follow me, it is not safe for work. Um, <laughs> I say a lot of things on there that are obviously only my views. So, um, yeah, it's not, it's not safe for little kids. That's for sure. <laughs> they don't, they definitely don't, uh, don't, don't share the views of circling the wagons podcast necessarily. Some of them, some of them. <laughs> absolutely not. They're only my views only at this point. And, uh, but yeah, definitely follow me on there. I love interaction with interacting with people and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was great have, having me on. Thanks for having me on. And, um, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully this game is a, is a real barn burner. It keeps everybody uh, on the edge of their seat the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's CA Lax. Like, Lax is like lacrosse because, like, you play Correct. lacrosse or something. That like, was, it ma- uh, like, it matters. Like, it's a real sport or something. Again, useless sports stuff. That's your that's your, <laughs> that's your realm. Mean, yeah. Yep, that's me. <laughs> um, yeah, I follow, I follow a lot of different sports. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, you're my sports guy for all those things, especially the NFL. Um Obviously, you know, we were talking a lot about the DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, I'm going to put a link in the podcast show notes if you are interested in joining the DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, I already have an account. If you're a first-time user, you can do it so that you get a $200 bonus. I get a $200 bonus. Like, refer you for that, and uh, and we can talk about our bets and see how many of these bets actually happen because, man, you got me thinking. I mean, I'm not a big-time better um now that it's legal in New York state, like I've definitely taken advantage of it, but I think, you know, I'm going to do some bigger bets on the bigger game, like you said, but I'm going to dip my toes into the, to the, uh, to the prop bets. Like just, I'm not going to do, and you know, for people doing it, like you should always have a diverse amount of bets. It's just like betting stocks. Like you don't want to put like a thousand dollars or all your savings into one stock. Like you you have to have a diversify exactly so like you might have like you know let's say yeah i don't know if you're betting a hundred dollars maybe you have 50 or 60 or 70 dollars on the actual game and how it's going to turn over and under or whatever and then you you save like 30 bucks for like some prop bets and throw five over here and five over there and five over there and see what happens and then there's uh there's one other thing i want to say for people who are betting and this is like kind of their first go at it or um or their betting a little bit here, a little bit there, and they're thinking of getting into the props. Um, what I would say is bet all the overs that you want to bet now as soon as you can and bet all the unders as close to game time as you can because what I've seen and what a lot of people have seen over the years is there is so much public money coming in at the end of the, the, end of the betting window before the game starts and pretty much all the public money is on the overs that you can get some pretty good under value at as close to the possible as close as possible to the game start. So that's just something that I found um, over the years, and uh, it's allowed me to be profitable with this. So yeah, just a little nugget. Yeah, I don't know if I mentioned this, but Zach is actually retired in the Cayman Islands because of this gambling. Jesus, man, <laughs> I wish. What are we doing? What are we doing? I think, I, I think I'm about to go onto the ice tomorrow and ice fish in the morning in like six hours. I'm not anywhere near the Cayman Islands. Oh well, your your backdrop looked like the Cayman. I couldn't I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell if it was <laughs> couldn't tell if it was ice fishing no. or you know in the tropics. So cool, man. Thanks again for coming on and obviously doing with this. Like you make over an hour just like fly by. There's few people that I talk to that are like this. So it's always a good time to talk to you. Thanks again, Zach. Yeah, buddy. Thanks, Nate. Anytime. Buffalo, stand up. It's the mafia. <laughs> Uh, it's a Bill City. Yeah. A Buffalo Bill City. Yo. Uh, it's a Bill City. Yeah. A Buffalo Bill City. 
Yo, we got Josh Allen, got Step Diggs, we got Cole. Deion Dawkins, cause you know it's about to snow. Mafia, you know we on a roll. No competition and it's not even close. Yeah, Ike McKenzie on a jet sweep, maybe it's a fake. Honestly, it's a TD either way. When you got Diggs and Bees and Gabe Davis, three-headed single Terry Moss Brader. Who gon' stop us? We the greatest. Forget Mahomes, forget Kelsey, forget Hill. Come and replay us, cause we ready to bash him like Boogie. Yeah, we ready. Moving for Cody Four. Ready, kick they buck up like Ike. Yeah, we ready. Dawson, that's what a spike. Are you ready? Season tickets, some hype up the team. Ready, Buffalo. This is our team forever. Forever. We got Josh Allen, got Step Diggs, we got Cole. Deion Dawkins, cause you know it's about to snow. Mafia, you know we on a roll. No competition, and it's not even close. It's a Bill City. A Buffalo Bill City. It's a Bill City. It's a Bill City. Yeah. A Buffalo Bill City. Buffalo Bill City. Yeah. We got Josh Allen, got Step Diggs, we got Cole. Deion Dawkins, cause you know it's about to snow. Mafia, you know we on a roll. No competition and it's not even close. It's a Bill City. It's a Bill City. Yeah. A Buffalo Bill City, Buffalo Bill City, yeah. What? It's a Bill City, it's a Bill City, yeah. A Buffalo Bill City, Buffalo Bill City, uh, yeah. Taron Johnson with a pick six, it's just too easy. Don't pass it to Treyway, please believe me. We got high right behind them and pour your free. Please don't run up the middle unless you wanna meet a star. Greg Russo can show you what he's about. Trey Edmonds and Matt Milano can't get around him. Our team is grounded over oh, yeah. Sebastian like Boogie, yeah, we ready. Moving for Cody Four, we ready. Kick they bucket like Ike, yeah, we ready. Dawson, that's what a spike. Are you ready? Season tickets, I'm hype up the team. Ready, Buffalo, this is our team forever. Forever. We got Josh Allen, got Step Diggs, we got Cole. Deion Dawkins, cause you know it's about to snow. Mafia, you know we on a roll. No competition and it's not even close. It's a Bill yeah. City. Yeah. 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 A Buffalo Bill City. Yeah.